0: you have your Bibles, Philippians chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4, we're going to read verses 6 and 7 of Philippians chapter 4 for our text today. It says there, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. We've been talking about a theme that we find in verse 1 of chapter 4 where Paul told us to stand fast in the Lord. And we've talked about some different ways in which we can stand fast. Uh, We've talked about living lovingly and peacefully. We've talked about living rejoicing last week. We talked about rejoicing the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. And today we're going to look at another way that we can uh, stand firm. And by standing firm we mean not let Satan take back ground that Jesus Christ has already conquered. In our lives, not, not moving backwards, but holding the line and even advancing that line forward, that's the idea of standing firm. And today we're going to look at the idea of standing firm by right praying, by right praying. But before we get to the prayer part, verse 5, or, uh, or verse 6 rather, tells us, and this is a command by the way, be anxious for nothing. Uh, or be careful for nothing, or don't worry about anything, some different translations say. And if anybody had a good reason to be anxious or worried, it would have been the Apostle Paul. Remember in verses 1 through 3 of chapter 4, Paul's friends were disagreeing with one another. In 1.15, there were preachers that were filled with envy and strife. They were out to get Paul to try to ruin Paul's good name. To top it off, Paul himself was under house arrest. He was awaiting trial and his possible execution. Yet we've seen throughout this letter the theme repeated, Rejoice! 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 over and over again. Evidently, Paul had found the secret to overcoming anxiety. And fortunately for us, he shares that secret in these verses today. And we're going to examine what that secret is, but before we get there, we're going to look at the idea of anxiety a little bit. What is anxiety? And the word anxious or anxiety, defined by Thayer, in Thayer's Bible Dictionary, it says it means to be pulled in different directions, and that's a pretty good definition of anxiety. Uh, For example, our hopes pull us in one direction, and then our fears pull us in another direction. And so we're moving several different uh, ways. Thus, to be anxious means to be pulled apart. The word worry, which is a synonym for anxiety, in its English origins, presents a different picture. The word worry comes from a word that means to strangle or to choke. And if you've ever really worried, you know how it does indeed strangle a person, right? Uh, In fact, worry or anxiety has... Physical effects, physical side effects, headache, neck pain, ulcer, back pain, uh, it affect, worry affects our thinking, worry affects our digestion, worry affects our coordination, uh, and from a spiritual perfect, uh, perspective, anxiety gives us wrong thinking, it gives us wrong feelings about circumstances, people and things. Worrying and anxiety is one of our greatest, the greatest thieves of our joy, isn't it? Well, why aren't we happy? Why aren't we satisfied? Why aren't we content? A lot of times it's because of those things we are worrying about. Those things over which we have anxiety. And it's not enough to tell ourselves to quit worrying. You ever done that? I'm going to quit worrying. And you do for about three seconds. And then you take off and you start worrying again. Uh, Anxiety is a, it it takes more than good intentions to keep us from being anxious, to keep us from being worryful, to keep us from worrying about all of our problems. Uh, So how are we going to win the battle over anxiety? And Paul tells us in verse 6, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. In other words, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Now, we get that backwards. We worry about everything and don't pray about anything, don't we? We like to try to fix things ourselves and and do things ourselves. And like the hymn we sometimes sing, what a friend we have in Jesus, there's a phrase in there that tells us to take everything to God in prayer. And that's what Paul encourages us to do when we feel anxious and when we feel worried. Now, when we look at this idea of right praying, there are three areas to look at here. First of all, he says, pray about everything. That's big things, little things, medium-sized things. Uh, A lot of times we tend to pray about the big things, but we say, well, Lord, I'll take care of the little things myself. I've got that under under control. It's these big things we need to pray about. When my daughter Leandra was not very old, when I was music minister at a church, we were taking prayer requests, and Leandra said, I wish you all would pray, said, my dog ran away, and I wish you all would pray that my dog would come home. And I remember some church members laughed at her, and uh, I thought that was really sad. And to this day, she'll bring that up as a, as a hurtful thing. But to her, her dog missing was as important as other people's problems. But we tend to think, well, that's a little thing. We don't need to pray about that. Paul tells us to pray about everything. Everything, everything. How would we define everything? Everything. He doesn't say don't pray about everything but this. He says pray about everything. God wants us to talk to him about everything. Don't you want your kids to tell you what's going on in their lives? Don't you want your grandkids to tell you what's going on in their lives? Well, our spiritual father, God, wants that as well. Pray about everything. Prayer is uh, something I think that as Christians, we say our prayer before our food, we say our little prayer before we go to bed, but do we live a life of prayer? Do we live a day of prayer? We look at prayer as something we check off of our to-do list rather than let it be a lifestyle, what, rather than walking constantly and in a mindful of prayer. But what do we mean by prayer? Paul says in verse 6, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. Prayer is a general word for making requests known to God. It carries the idea of adoration, devotion, and worship. Whenever we find ourselves filled with anxiety, our first thought ought to be to spend time alone with God in prayer and adoration, and worship. Adoration for God helps us remember how great God is. It helps us to remember how majestic God is. And it helps us to remember that God is big enough to solve whatever problem it is that we have. Have you thought about that? Our God put the stars in the sky. Our God put the sun and moon in the sky. He created the grass. He created the trees. He created all the animals. You think our God isn't big enough to handle whatever problem we need to bring? In? And when we pray and it start out by adoring God for who God is, then that helps us then to have confidence to pray to God about everything that's on our mind. Quite often we want to rush into the presence of God and tell him our needs. We start saying, dear God, I need this, I need that, I I need a boat, I need a house, I need a raise, I need a job, I I need uh, this, I need that. And, And there's a time and place for that. But we truly need to start our prayers with adoring God for who God is and how majestic and how wonderful he truly is. Freedom from anxiety comes when we spend more time on who God is rather than what our problems are. Now let me say that again. Freedom from anxiety comes when we spend more time on who He is rather than on what our problems are. When we spend time focusing on God, our problems will sometimes seem smaller. And then that leads us into the supplication part. Having spent time in prayerful adoration, we're now ready to move on to supplication. Paul says, pray in everything, with pray- or everything with prayer and supplication. Supplication is where we begin to make our needs known to God. It involves an earnest sharing of our problems and our needs. Freedom from anxiety does not come from half-hearted, insincere praying. Jesus talks about that in Matthew 6, and we won't read it, but he says, when you pray, be careful not to use these vain repetitions, just all these big flowing words. That's not the important part of prayer. Instead, we should ask. In Matthew 7, 7 through 11, ask, seek, and knock. And he says, ask, and it'll be given. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. And the phrase in Greek, the tense that that is written, it's ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. God wants to know about our concerns. God wants to know about those things that have us disturbed. That type of prayer is found in Hebrews 5.11, and we won't read that either. You can go back and read it a little bit later to be sure I'm not making it up. But the Hebrew writer gives an example of Jesus praying. And he says, Jesus offered up prayers and supplication. He did so with vehement cries and tears, suggesting true earnestness in making his requests. We need to pray to God because of who God is and adore God in our prayer. We need to pray and have our desires given to God and tell him what's on our our hearts. But we also need to pray with thanksgiving. He says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your prayers be made known to God. This idea of praying with thanksgiving carries with it the idea of appreciation. How many times do we stop and tell God thanks? Remember when Jesus healed ten lepers and he told them to go to the priest so the priest could pronounce them clean? Only one came back and Jesus asked a question. He said, where are the nine? We're very, very quick to go to God with our requests. But how quick are we to go to God with thanksgiving? And notice that this thanksgiving is to be offered at the same time we make our requests. He says, pray about everything, prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. You know why? Do you know why we don't necessarily need, and that's not wrong to have a special prayer of thanksgiving. That's good. But, God, or, but, but Paul tells us here to be thankful along with our requests because it helps us to realize all the things God's done for us. Have you lately stopped and thought about the answers to prayer that God has given you? We're quick to ask, but we're so slow to thank. And I don't know why that is. It may just be human nature. But we need to be thankful in our prayers. And doing this also helps to keep our problems in perspective. When we thank God for what he's answered, we thank God for what he's done, we just have the faith he's going to take care of whatever our issue is as well. And then notice in verse 7 that these prayers and prayers like these will build a fortress around our minds and our hearts. God may not always remove whatever problem we're dealing with god may not always move whatever temptation we're dealing with but he does tell us he'll go through it with us and he does tell us if we will pray verse seven the peace of god which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in jesus christ god doesn't promise to remove our problems but he does promise to give us peace And he promises to give us a peace that's beyond anything that man can give us. Uh, That muscle relaxer I'm on, I'm very much at peace, I promise. (laughs) But it's not the kind of peace that God gives us. So if I fall over here, I'm I'm way too much at peace. But uh, God gives us that peace that only he can give. And if you've ever been there, crying out to God on a dark night, and you felt that peace, there's just nothing like that. The peace, that you can't explain it. It, It's beyond understanding. He gives that to us. It's a peace that the world can't provide. People are looking for peace. And they take drugs to get peace. They drink to get peace. They have just relationship after relationship to try to get peace. True peace comes from above. It does not, it's not found on this earth. It's a peace, notice what he says, that guards our hearts and it guards our minds through Jesus Christ. That word guard means to guard like a fortress. It, it puts a, what Paul here's telling us is when we pray with, with thanksgiving and we pray and we, we adore God and we make our requests known for him, he says when we're in prayer, it's like building a fort around our heart. It guards our heart because you know what? Your heart and my heart, it's subject for wrong feeling. People say sometimes follow your hearts. Our heart will lead us astray. Our heart will lead us in the wrong place. And when we pray, that peace we get from God, it builds a fort around our heart to keep our hearts where they ought to be. It also protects and it guards our mind. Our heart is susceptible to wrong feeling. Our mind is susceptible to wrong thinking. And prayer, Paul tells us, keeps us from both of these things. Now once again, it doesn't mean that we're not going to have trials. It doesn't mean we're not going to have things that are legitimate concerns. But what it does mean is that when we pray and we go to our Father. We can have a quiet confidence that tells us no matter what the circumstances, no matter the people, no matter the things that happen in our lives, we still have our joy and that God will handle whatever comes our way. When we live lovingly and peacefully, chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, when we live rejoicing in verse 4, and when we live praying in verses five and six, we'll find ourselves standing firm against whatever Satan and the world throws at us. As we wrap up, and I'm going to be a little bit short this morning. Nobody cry. I might go double time next week. But this wonderful peace, this freedom from anxiety is the result of letting our requests be made known to God through the right kind of praying. Pray about everything. Pray with prayer and supplication. Pray with thanksgiving. But notice something there in verse 7. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. All of this is only possible through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the source of all of our blessings. And if we're going to have the peace of Christ, it means we've got to be in Christ. And if we're in Christ, it means that we have to commune with God on a regular basis. So I've got a question for you. Are you in Christ this morning? Have you trusted Jesus as your Savior? Have you gone to him and said, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I can't save myself, but I know you can save me. Lord, forgive me. I want to be, I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. The Lord will do that, and you'll be in Christ. And then you can go to Him in prayer. Do you pray as you should? Do you pray about everything? Do you pray without ceasing? I need work in that area. And probably you do too. Let's pray.